Hi, this is Andy Moore, and you're listening to episode 22 of Andy's Treasure Trove, the podcast that explores some of the people, places, things, and ideas that I treasure and that I want to share with you. Andy, you don't have to explain anything to me. On this episode, I'll take you along with me on a personal tour of the Writers Guild Foundation Library, the only library in the world focused entirely on screenwriting. Our guide will be head librarian Karen Peterson. Karen previously appeared on a short segment of the very first episode of Andy's Treasure Trove, the preview episode, episode zero, where she and I explored the San Francisco Columbarium together. That will become a full episode sometime in the future. But for now, let's let Karen lead us through a Los Angeles institution stocked with printed matter that is literally the stuff that Hollywood dreams are made of. Is this your first trip to the Shavelson Webb Library of the Writers Guild Foundation? It is indeed. Oh, well, welcome. Thank you. Here's the welcome sheet. It's got all the information about what we do and what we collect and how to use it. Rules of the road on the back, phone number, website, hours, etc. So anybody can come here. It's open to the public, even though it's a private foundation's library. Educational, charitable, 501c3, but... In our infinite wisdom, we keep the library open to anyone who's interested in our subject. So it's not just for guild members, which many people think is the case, but not. Uh, it's kind of the the young, youngest member of the script-collecting library family. We have august institutions like the Margaret Herrick Library at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and AFI and the film schools of USC and UCLA, they all have film script collections and they've been at it for way longer than we have and much bigger and bigger staffs. But we're the only ones who have a writer-focused collection. So it's always and only about the writer here. Organized by title but accessible by title by writer. We concentrate on writers' writing category awards, their material that's been the most honored in the industry. So we're trying to make it look here, and I think it's coming along pretty nicely. Oh, well, we're looking at uh, several quite large bookcases that are all glass-fronted. Yeah, we have ranges of scripts. We have three alcoves here. The leftward one is feature film, and the center and the right ones are all television. And there's more around the corner. Uh, This is only produced writing, uh, that is, the movie got made or the television show got made and aired, so nothing is unproduced here. Writers uh, often have what I call the iceberg effect of you go to their house or attic or garage or basement to collect their life's work, and of course there's a bunch of material that we've all seen on TV or know from movies, but then there's way, way more that never did get produced. It's the nature of the business. So writers write. Some of them write novels, plays, and other uh, works, not for film or TV. And we have a special collection of those up there with the green dots. That's our members' published work special collection. But yes, this all is supposed to represent the best, the, the, the part that the industry is honored, or what I call the Vox Populi Award, box office success. If it's made somebody a boatload of money, it's over there because people want to see what is the successful Uh, screen or television script. So we have things here that add uh, luster to the world of writers and writing, and also it starts giving you a sense of 
what it is that starts the whole ball rolling. None of the directors or actors have a thing to do without this thing called a script, and that is forgotten when no one sees them. But we collect them so that it ends up being a rather substantial picture of the work that got it all rolling. So we have titles uh, that you'll know and titles that you won't. But just because Billy Wilder's name is on the reading room, we have his own scripts right there. Ah. Just a couple of little shelf feet that uh, made a big splash in Hollywood. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this one little corner here. And we've got everything from The Lost Weekend and Sabrina and The Seven-Year Itch and Some Like It Hot and The Spirit of St. Louis and Stalag 17 and Sunset Boulevard. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, I like very much what his, his wife, Audrey, who's still around, Billy is not, but Audrey, who's one of the most sort of crisply spoken, no-nonsense people on earth, uh, when we opened this library, she was invited to come speak. She came for about 42 seconds, did not speak, and left. But uh, a publicist wanted a quote from her. Well, what would... What would Billy say about the writing life? And he wanted something florid, you could tell. And Audrey said, Billy was most proud to be a writer. He only became a director to protect his writing. I love that. The end. Yeah. <laughs> so boil it down, say it, and get out. That's, that was pretty much their philosophy. So you have all these feature film scripts. We just arranged them alphabetically. This is a bunch of TV that we haven't placed correctly yet. And starting here, we have all kinds of television. Uh, everything from All in the Family to Xena Warrior Princess. And uh, television is by far the most frequently used, asked for material here. Current television. People want to see Lost. They want to see 30 Rock. This is current now, uh, <laughs> and it always is changing, but people are most interested in current TV, I guess because that's where the work is. You could get a job writing for TV. So you're surmising that a lot of the people who check out those titles and really look at those titles want to write something like that yeah, and get and a job. Yeah, and they're writing a spec script, whether they're a member or not, uh, whether they're a student, somebody who's just sort of dropped in, uh, doesn't know much about the business, or they're in school, or they're an experienced writer, uh, you still need to soak up this material for the first-hand look. It's great to watch the shows to get a sense, but there's something else. The shows come from a script, and you need to sort of osmose that. It's like, how does it look on the page? How does it read? And there's a whole other level of structure and uh, uh, architecture to a script that you... I guess you'd have to really be paying attention to the not the performance to get the architecture of the script. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Now, what are these machines that I see uh, between the oh, large shelves? We have, of we, material? Right here, we have viewing stations in every alcove. They're just little passive monitors, and in the back of our workroom, we have a whole uh, AV collection of DVDs, CDs, old videotapes, cassettes, vintage and modern technology. And in many cases, we have an episode or a, a, a DVD of any of the shows, so it's really helpful to read the script and look at the production and see how it got from the page to the stage. Uh, so people do that. We also have 
on tape and disc, a lot of panel discussions, forums, uh, oral histories, biographies, interviews with writers, my life and times in this crazy business type of thing, either singly or with a group. Uh, the foundation runs this library and also puts on a whole lot of uh, speakers' events with pretty heavy hitter writers, people who've written all the Oscar and Emmy type material. Uh, and so they are brought uh, to either the Writers Guild Theater or upstairs and they're interviewed and there's an audience and a Q&A and it's really informal and you get to be kind of like the fly on the wall hearing how it really works because people have all kinds of preconceptions and misconceptions about how you become a writer or how you work as one or how you get on um, a show. But these people have been in the trenches and they're going to tell you how it is. And and uh, especially when you get three or four of them in a room, these writers, um, they're storytellers. And it's most often hilarious and riveting. So uh, you want to hear f directly from the horse's mouth. Uh, we have... Uh, couple, the foundations uh, published a couple of essay collections on uh, how I got my start in the business, and they're just priceless. I mean, they're you know, in some cases, they're rip roaring rides. They're not just sort of a a practical manual of how to write and how to make it look good and what to wear at a meeting. It's nothing like that. It's all highly colorful and unexpected. The Guild is a labor union, and people assume wrongly that this is the Guild's library. The Guild's a labor union, and it has a very, very specific mission to further the creative and economic rights of its membership. That's why it collectively bargains, goes on strike if necessary, but it's working to protect its union members. The foundation is the sort of uh, educational nonprofit ancillary to the Guild, where, yes, we are the face of the writer's importance in Hollywood. Uh, our mission is to preserve the work, celebrate the work, uh, make the writers accessible to the public, and so it's all about receiving donations, be, uh, donations of money to keep going, donations of material to archive it on the shelves, and also to present these evenings with, every month, uh, of writers so people outside the business and sometimes even in the business get it that writers make this happen. There's no such thing as a script that wrote itself and the actors and directors just sort of found it. Really? I just somewhere. thought that they turn on the camera and, and what yeah, happens happens. And yeah, as Billy Wilder said, make it up as they go along. Not really. We have the Preston Sturges Lounge out here. The Preston Sturges Lounge. Yes. This is named after Preston Sturges, who was another a uh, very talented writer-director uh, who directed his own works. And there he is with a really messy pile of books. And uh, my favorite picture of him in a glass-bottom boat in a swimming pool, we don't have up, but it's just the sweetest thing imaginable. Um, let's see. We have books. All our books are on the subject of writers and writing, or if it's on the subject of Hollywood history, it's about the content and cultural trends of what Hollywood makes as movies and TV. We don't really cover acting, directing, anything like that, because these other libraries we mentioned before, they already do that. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're the specific. We're narrow but deep. One subject. Uh, our catalog. Ah. With I, I like to... Uh, 
find good quotes. This is one of my favorites. I can't take it off. It says, Goodbye, Mr. Zanuck. It certainly has been a pleasure working at 16th Century Fox. <laughs> and that's attributed to Jean Renoir. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. This here on the floor, we've left, uh, we've left this vintage uh, donation of vintage of TV scripts on the floor to just sort of dry out and debug because they've clearly been in a dank place or a dark buggy place for probably 40 years. This is a collection donated by the family of Lawrence Goldman, who wrote for all kinds of shows uh, in the 50s, including The Millionaire. We have four episodes of The Millionaire in here, and things like Bonanza and, uh, what is it, Doctor Somebody's Secret Cabinet. Uh, these are all in the old days of typing out things with carbon paper mm. and uh, handwritten notes, and it's the old, the old-fashioned stuff. We love it when we get that. Uh, that way, we, we're not necessarily only interested in, quote-unquote, original scripts, meaning the original paper and writing. Uh, these days, there's really no such thing, because uh, computers can churn out millions of original copies but we like this sort of you know it's actually soaked with the era uh, and the bugs <laughs> uh, we like that a lot um, let's see let me show you some of the scripts that we got suspense this is a radio show from 1957 i know that you radio do? show suspense really yeah. well apparently lloyd bridges made a splash in this episode about a father who gets into a fight with his son about the son wanting to borrow or get a nickel and things just go crazy from there yeah you can imagine here's a show on the radio in 1950 called the web and that one i'm having trouble looking for uh, finding uh, the documentation. Here's a Tarzan episode from... You don't really know when that's from. Let's see. Doctari. This oh, I guy wrote Doctari. for Yeah, this Doctari went on forever. Bonanza. But I think this is an unproduced Bonanza. This is what we do here. We'll get a script. Here's a Bonanza script. It looks pretty authentic. It has a revision date, August 13, 1959. And it says, Wedding on the Ponderosa. Well, I'm, I can't find it anywhere. And maybe it's title changed. But even with that, sometimes you have to go read some of the script to figure out if you can get an episode guide or summary somewhere else online, Googling everything these days. I can't find it, so I believe this was not produced. Karen, do me a favor. What? Open up that Bonanza script <clears throat> and read one line run at random. Okay. Ain't that old Ben Cartwright taking the San Francisco stage? Sure is. Long shot, their angle. Across the street, we see Adam shake hands with Ben, who gets on the stage. The driver whips up the horses, and the stage takes off. Back to Kirk and Bradley. We've been worried about a place to hide the stuff when it comes. Not a soul will ever think of looking on the Ponderosa. Well, now, Judge, that's a right smart idea. Well, listeners, if you know the episode of Bonanza that that is, please call, call the me. Writers Guild. <laughs> <laughs> call the Writers Guild Foundation and uh, please let me know because I'd appreciate the help. <laughs> Let's go down the hall and look in the... This whole space used to be a Washington Mutual Bank, 
and then they stopped using it and so the this whole corner of the building stayed empty for a couple of years until we got the bright idea this could be a library mm-hmm. uh, and so this is the old bank vault they took off the big metal two-foot thick door oh darn and uh, it has no windows it's got a concrete floor it's ultra quiet and solid and hopefully fireproof so that's where we keep our old archival boxes of material, photos, scripts, uh, rare and unusual things, our copy of Red Channels, which was a publication in the early 50s, ident- outing all the Hollywood Reds. Uh, you'll find just about everybody's name from the 40s and 50s in there. I guess they were all just a hotbed of swarming commies those creative folks those creative folks you can't trust them for a minute they get ideas they get they get communistic ideas so anyway you'll see that we've been given many donations and some of them have been sitting here for several years because we're cataloging as fast as we can and we just it, we catalog about 2000 things a year into the collection but some of them take a little time to find out exactly what they are, and that's our stock and trade, is IDing them for writing credits perfectly. Well, I don't want to disparage any part of your collection. However, the Billy Wilder books, the scripts that we looked at earlier, mm-hmm. in my mind, kind of pale in comparison to this box of scripts from America's Funniest Home Videos yeah, from we 1988. Have, we have quite a number of those. We have, uh, well, as somebody once said, And don't quote me here. They said, well, it's not the Good Writers Guild. (laughs) We have have some unproduced things. Uh, I would love, I mean, in in the case of somebody like a Billy Wilder, if he wrote a script that didn't get produced, I would love to have that. I'd make an exception for that kind of material. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have old jokes from like 40, 50 years ago. And we have uh, jokes that the Bob Hope writers uh, did uh, for his radio shows. Well, now you've opened up the box that inside the box is a well-worn volume with with scotch tape reinforcement everywhere. And it's about four inches thick and it has a big title on the front that says the gag file volume one and we have four of these and these are i guess all the old chestnuts uh to somebody typed out all these jokes arranged by topic like airplanes animals actors these are thousands and thousands of jokes these are thousands typed and on thousands of jokes and what we we also have somewhere we have a metal filing cabinet about five or six feet tall big as a person and you open the little drawers and it's like a card catalog drawers they're small and on a three by five card uh there's a joke on a a single card and there's just thousands of them how could you ever get any work done you must just stand around and tell these read these jokes read me one from this book the jokes are generally not like today's jokes they're never they're never off color they're never x-rated they're always gentle um i love dogs i like wirehead terriers scotties police dogs and almost any other kind i like dogs too do you like wires if they haven't any sad news in them, I do. <laughs> yuck. We, we, we yuck, lost yuck. We lost the puppy. How? We rubbed him down with alcohol and the fleas got drunk and dragged him away. 
We were robbed seven times, but the dog was on his toes. Wonderful dog to be on his toes through seven robberies. Oh, he's not a good watchdog. He's on his toes, toes trying to get away from the burglars. Well, I don't remember Bob Hope saying any of that. Yeah. But. I went to a dog show last night. Did you win anything? <laughs> Let's see. He's so dumb that when we told him to take the dog out for air, he asked where the nearest service station was. It takes, here's one on automobiles. It takes about 1,500 nuts to hold an auto together, but only one can scatter it over the road. So you can see that these jokes are... A joke for any topic. In fact, hundreds of jokes on every topic, topic. But they're kind of, they don't aim to shock ever. And, uh... Maybe maybe we've just gotten used to in this more sort of edgy day and age where we really expect a joke to sort of like curl our ears or, you know, make us really have a, of a strong reaction. Uh, these jokes are pretty mild, and uh, all our old jokes are just like that. Pretty, pretty tame. Uh, this is where the foundation keeps all its party supplies because the foundation has a lot of parties. So you'll find here a staggering amount of vodka and champagne and plastic glasses and I'm glad you have candles. it stored archivally. Oh no, I, I once I once spent the whole day cleaning this up and now it's wrecked, so I'm not <laughs> gonna do that again. These are from Aaron Rubin, who co created this show. Gomer Pyle at USMC. Right. And that's from nineteen sixty four to nineteen sixty nine. He also gave us a bunch of Andy Griffith shows. Uh, and let's see what else we can find here. Well, those are things from maybe your and my childhood, but some of our uh, younger listeners might be more interested in some of the more contemporary scripts you have here. Such as? <laughs> uh, I know, we're, we're in the old section right now. Oh, okay. Gunsmoke, Happy Days, I Love Lucy, uh, Judging Amy, Just Shoot Me. Oh, here's one of my favorites, The Larry Sanders Larry Show. Larry Sanders Show, wonderful show. Las Vegas, Lassie. More Little House on the Prairie, Law and Order. Yeah, it's funny that all these old titles we're mentioning have come here very recently. The huh. library didn't have these until about two years ago. Wow. Um, there wasn't a library before 84, and when the library was started, its mission was not to collect old scripts, but just the award winners. Mm -hmm. So we've expanded it quite a bit. But here's the place where everybody likes to go. It's got all, it seems like all the hot shows start with S. Seinfeld, The Shield, Six Feet Under, Scrubs. Scrubs is very popular. We have so many Seinfeld episodes yeah. here that it's one, two, three, it's on five different shelves. Yeah, well, Seinfeld went on for nine years. So this isn't even all of them. Um, but things like Six Feet Under, we also have all of Six Feet Under, which was on for five years. And here it all is. Oh, and I see lots of scripts here for The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. But we I think it's now in its, what, 16th season, something like that. We don't have anywhere near enough Simpsons. Also and in the S section here, we've got The Sopranos. Star Trek. Star Trek. Oh, Smallville. That's a popular show. Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, that's something we just got. So it's interesting that some of the oldest material here is stuff we've had the shortest amount of time. Mm -hmm. I see um, <coughs> The West Wing. Lots of West Wing, lots of X-Files, lots of West Wing, tons and tons. Oh, yeah. 
So, but this is uh, this is what people really want to see. Uh, people come here for practical reasons. We get all kinds of users. We get journalists and scholars, but mostly we get people wanting to break into the business from the writing side, and uh, they need to see how these things are made, and there's no substitute for it. So we get people sitting here all day long, days at a time, months at a time sometimes, but we love it when they come back and show us their guilt card because they, they got in. They made it. <laughs> they made it, and it's not easy, believe me. Once you get the lay of the land here, we have a little handy-dandy map which lays it all out for you. The film scripts, the television scripts in two alcoves, the various color-coded books areas, biography, blue for biography, yellow for uh, craft of writing, manual, nuts and bolts, how to do it, red for Hollywood history, and green for members' published works. Uh, but that's pretty much it. It's like a treasure trove. It is. You can come here just to work or to think or to read. You don't have to, you don't have to write here or do anything. The only thing you cannot do is sleep and put your feet on the table. We don't permit. What about eating? Eating and drinking, also no. Uh, I wouldn't. No. Think so. People always look so surprised when I say you can't bring your coke in here. What library in America does permit you to eat in it? You know, it's not like we're off the charts here. Uh, libraries can't permit that. So well, Pepsi's okay though, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, not even water. But on a really hot day, since this is Los Angeles, I will sometimes permit people to put their water on the bottom shelf there, and they can refer to it as necessary. Very humane of you. We don't want anyone passing out in here. Not on your watch. Not on my watch. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for showing us around the, the library at the Writers Guild Foundation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Karen Peterson. All right. My sincere thanks to Karen Peterson for her generosity in letting us know all about the WGA Foundation Shavelson Web Library. Karen's a consummate professional and a smart, thoughtful, delightful person to know. And speaking of smart, thoughtful, delightful people, I'm asking you, smart, thoughtful, and delightful people, to please help me out by sharing my podcast online and by leaving comments on iTunes and on my website, andystreasuretrove.com. Also, please feel free to peruse my videos on YouTube. Thank you very, very much. All rights reserved. Andy, now that it's all over. Andy, that's a work of art. <laughs>